Welcome to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast, the premier provider of leadership consulting, culture shaping, and senior level executive search services. Every day, we're privileged to talk with fascinating people who are shaping the future through their leadership and vision. Each episode, you'll hear a different perspective from thought leaders and innovators. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. Hi. I'm AJ Vandenberg, a partner in Hydric and Struggles London and Amsterdam offices and a member of Hydric Consulting. In today's podcast, I'm speaking to Rainer Baumann, Head Group Digital and Information at 154-year-old reinsurance firm Swiss Re. Rainer started his career at McKinsey and is currently one of the key figures leading Swiss Re towards becoming a more agile organization. Rainer, welcome. And thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Uh, for those who don't know Swiss Re, can you just give a brief overview of the company? Swiss Re is a 154-year-old reinsurance company. And reinsurance, most people just perceive as being the insurer of the insurance company. In reality, it's much more. We actually are here to making the economy build things share risks as for example if you have large towers like a bush khalifa uh, in the arabic uh, states you couldn't build something like this without transferring risks and our main focus is not just to provide the capital but much more to provide the respective knowledge to understand these different risks and this is why we are very deep in knowledge and don't have that much operations Rainer, uh, to today's buzzword is agility So organizations really need to be agile to survive uh, today's rapid environment. What would your own definition of agility be? For me, agile working is rather a, a way of working, which includes many different aspects. At the core of it is the delivery. Iterative delivery with fast cycles, having an empowerment of the teams which work very closely with the respective demand side, understanding how demand is created, having a lot of empowerment management structures uh, respectively flat. It's time to market, it's quality, it's efficiency. And we all know that these days with all the advancements, these KPIs are key. So it, it's it's very much around behavior and mindset shifts, isn't it? It starts with understanding the respective needs. We talk about changing individuals' day during work, upside down sometimes, or at least massively. If they don't buy into it, if they don't have a need, if they don't feel like changing, it's not happening. And after they understood they immediately are afraid of oh gosh how do i do that change which means like we need to help them understand how they can change and often a good approach is to work with lighthouses have a few teams which are a bit more at the forefront go through such a change and demonstrate others how to do it following is then just the next step in scaling out the respective change having the respective role models and the respective support and directions from management i often work with kind of scrum agile framework it already starts with having 
people which have a certain need working very close together with those which produce it. And they then define a longer story, what they need, breaking down in smaller chunks of pieces, and in two, three week iterations, continuously deliver valuable intermediate products. They prioritize it themselves, they look on how well they're doing, and like this, they can reduce massive amount of waste because they deliver always something useful. I often tell with the transformation of the generations, we often talk about the individual companies which the millennials are. Each millennial is a company on her or himself. And having said that, in such a situation, they actually can lift that. They have their customer, their iterations, and all of that, and they are not uh, in respective complex structures with huge steering feedback cycles are, are more shorter. And actually, it allows us to break through one of the most extreme challenges in big corporations. We transform big corporations in SME-like working styles and structures. So in all of this, uh, I like the SME uh, analogy that, that you're making there in terms of going in small ways and, and uh, finding ways of then scaling it. My question is, um, how do you go from small to large scale? So as a leader, it's very important that you are clear and transparent from the beginning. You need to explain that this is a sustainable transformation which will affect everyone and it's not some nice experiments for uh, a few passionate folks. And being transparent that this folk, that this will uh, be relevant for everyone, you then still come and be transparent that we don't know exactly how does it impact a specific organization. Because Agile is different everywhere. Even though there are tons of best practices, you need to tune and tailor it. And to do that, you need to find a few buckets in the organization which are very open to change. And with these guys, then you build the respective kind of lighthouses. And at the beginning, you need to spend a lot of time that they feel comfortable doing it. There is also a lot of support needed on the people side. Here, I always need to breathe a bit because what we typically say that two-thirds makes it, one-third doesn't make it, is probably often kind of reality. And if the executive doesn't stand behind that, and it doesn't mean that he or she needs to voice that from the beginning, but is ready there to help, it won't work. Because the team will automatically come and say, oh, it's great with that person, not that great here. You need to give them the room to succeed on the transformation because you don't do the transformation as an executive. You provide the environment. You give them the direction you give them the respective support from agile coaches experienced folks which help them to understand how to define their new world but at the end they need to find their own way and you need to provide continuous support on that now what role can technology play uh, to either help or hinder the journey to become an agile organization today even in a software company, you could do most of that stuff manually. 
I've seen company doing their use case stories on sheets of paper, big ones, smaller ones, then they break it down, having classical whiteboards, pinning the stuff on there, having the physical sessions. You can do more or less everything without technology. By the way, I just can recommend when you start a transformation, don't focus too much on technology. If your discussion is which kind of touchscreen you need and which software and do you store it in Chira or what are the respective tools, then you are already in the tooling nightmare and you're not focused on the transformation. So tools, I believe, is hindering your transformation and you should focus on the rest naturally especially when you start to work with geographically dispersed team when you have more complex when you suddenly have hundreds of people's dozens of team working together in programs technology all of it will facilitate it and make it much much easier especially for an executive to manage to oversee but please don't start with technology so are there any specific companies uh, that you can think of that are doing this extremely well and therefore inspire you now, in the insurance industry, obviously, AIG always comes as uh, the key example, especially AIG has branded a lot of the Scrum terminologies uh, very well. On the other side, there are also less well-known companies. To share with you uh, a story of a company I respect very deeply, it's KMD, the former Danish uh, state-owned software company which suddenly faced new realities by having been sold to private equity companies and needed to massively increase their productivity. Where the CEO put a very clear message up front on how big the efficiency increase needs to be within a certain timeline and then uh, provided the team's respective help to go through uh, this change. And here we have... Uh, classical situation resistance denial and then they had the first lighthouses they have shown it's actually feasible and uh, the respective snowball and learning a lot through the organization becoming clever adapting it and today KMD for me is a company which is extremely well positioned strategically internally has a good setup you always can do more but if you look at a company which has these roots, it is very impressive what they achieved. So let's talk about Swiss Re uh, specifically. Okay. So you joined Swiss Re five years ago. Can you talk us through what it has achieved so far and at, what, at which point of this journey you are now? We had workplace spread about five different areas. We just one year ago put all areas into one department and if you look on how digital workplaces are built today they're built very differently today workplace is a service most of you know it if you have windows 10 at home that you get every half a year just the new major version pushed office is a subscription so everything becomes subscription service based and this means also you need to cope with much more changes, much more complexity. The output of that functions needs to tenfold, by the way, while we're reducing costs. And how do you tenfold output, fix quality issues, 
reduce costs all at the same time, um, you need to change something massively. And then we have the merger of that, where we, to be transparent, very bravely went into an agile transformation and as typically did quite a lot of mistakes, uh, even though you know a lot, you can't avoid doing these uh, mistakes. And for me, this was, by the way, one of the most interesting learning here. You need to give an organization always the opportunity to do some mistakes. The organization needs to have the opportunity to suffer, see and grow through its own journey. This allows them to grow the desire to mature and also to go the change path themselves. As I mentioned earlier, a change is a journey an organization needs to go through. So besides payback, what would you say is the biggest challenge to switch from a traditional organization to an agile organization? It's us, the executives. Executives have a lot of wishes. They want to steer. They want to be used. They want to be of control. They have a certain way of thinking. They have a way of budgeting. So just think about agile budgeting. One of my most favorite topics. There's not a lot of best practice reading material. But agile budgeting just comes saying you have a department. You give that department 10 million budget beginning of the year. You give them high level a goal, they shall deliver this, but you don't have any clue how they're going to split the money, how they're going to do. Having said that, what I also just can encourage is get a few external impulses. I've seen this in most companies that if you have a few key hires in, which have experience, which have the right mindset, this is an extreme accelerator. It's hard to say if it doubles the speed or not, but uh, I could say if uh, it's very well done, probably it can double the speed by getting the right individuals. And sometimes this is just two, three individuals for 50 people, which make the difference, which help them to get through the journey. And then often you find a lot of talents. And as I just mentioned, don't underestimate the hidden talents. And I'm always pleased to see how things change and suddenly which talents uh, you have. And then it can be that you had someone who was uh, engaged for communication or for uh, adoption and suddenly is a perfect product manager or transformational leader or something which go in very different profiles but you just see this person has much more potential it was just not addressed and this by the way is also the most uh, fun part we often talk about employability we often talk about providing new opportunities which organization especially large corporates has not a challenge with promotions, talents not being advanced, everybody's blocked and saying we need to change something, having a talent programs, things like this. If you look for a talent program, do an agile transformation. So there's a lot of different skills and capabilities that your people need to have in order to be successful in this environment. How are you supporting your people to develop these type of skills and capabilities? It starts 
as I mentioned before, with a few lighthouses and smaller teams. There, it's important to give them some external inputs at the beginning with trainings from people who have gone through that, probably hiring a few talents which already have experiences. And then it's a lot about learning and coaching on the go. There are quite a lot of companies I know which meanwhile kick off an agile transformation in half a day to two days. And after half a day or to two days, they say, now we're good to go, go. And the reality is they've heard everything they need to hear. The challenge is not in hearing it, it's putting it into action. And into action is very often in to concrete situations. For example, you say you have a team of 10 individuals. How do you plan the work for the next delivery iteration? which goes, for example, two weeks, two weeks times 10 individuals, so you have the capacity. But you need to understand how much can they do, so you need to estimate the respective work. Suddenly, oh, that's very, very difficult. How long do we need to do that? The good message is it had been done for lawyers, for doctors, for aircraft engineers, for computer scientists, more or less everywhere it can be done. Also for creative disciplines, the question is just what do you expect? Does it need to be perfect or so on? And this is for, for me the good example. It is a learning on the go. So you can't do too much upfront. You need then to coach and support to, to succeed through that journey. So how is the right behavior? stimulated and rewarded in this environment if you have a well working team they immediately can tell you that person contributes this much or that much to share with you an example of a software company i admire very much beginning of a year the team leader stands in front of a whiteboard puts a dollar amount on the whiteboard and says that's the bonus for the team and then the team starts to discuss who gets how much and they get this very, very done. Obviously, they needed to learn how to do it. But teams know who is contributing how much. Teams know who deserves how much. But we need to allow for these mechanics. We need to also value that the reputation of individuals, all of that goes well. And then combined with the classical instruments, all executive knows providing opportunities to share, to shine, having platforms, uh, having sometimes also spot rewards, giving opportunities with conferences, talks, um, all of that can be embedded. And as I mentioned, don't underestimate the fun factor. If you do an agile transformation right, the employee satisfaction will go up tangibly and this satisfaction increase that the people are more motivated they think like i'm working cutting edge it's cool here i have great colleagues i can influence i make a difference all of that is already extremely rewarding and by the way also a key attraction point for talents when we want to get new talents and they see how they can work what's the kind of environment they get attracted 
automatically. And then you are very quickly to a snowball effect. Just quickly on the, on the talent side, um, as you attract uh, potentially very different talent to the organization, how do you ensure that that new talent is fitting your culture? Now, there are many ways how you can do that. And uh, some companies would go for massive assessment or things like that. I personally believe in a, a few paradigms. The first is involvement of the team, meaning like if the team which is working uh, with that person says, yes, there is already a, a good chance. The next thing is it's a lot about referrals, knowing people. When something one just applies out from the blue on a position, you don't know that person, the chance of successful integration is much, much lower. While if somebody worked already with someone together, it's, it's much easier. And then at the end, it might sound harsh, but it's often also a trial and error approach. Actually, what I would love most, unfortunately, it's very hard to implement this in reality, giving uh, trial weeks, things like that. That's, by the way, also a reason why we have a high conversion rate of contractors and externals to internals. Because if you have someone who works for a few months with you as external or contractor, it's very easy to assess, does that person fit or not? So as an agile leader, could you talk us through the main stages of your personal career journey? Particularly what, what leadership traits have helped you succeed? As a next generation leader, I was always a bit edgy and pushy. I would say when I began my career, I was still pretty classical in the way I worked. It was my time at McKinsey where I became an expert uh, in these kind of methodologies and where I've seen many transformation where I had the main chance to learn. And it was very interesting for me that when I learned about the textbook and see the first transformation that I thought like, oh, good, that's the recipe. I see the next one, oh, this went quite different. Then the next one, oh, quite different. And still today, from every transformation I hear, get to know from colleagues, I often try to learn what they do. It's always different. And these continuous learning, hearing what are best practices, uh, finding out then for yourself, how does that fit? That was for me the most important thing in understanding how these models work. And uh, also accept that two or three iterations sometimes are needed and two and three iterations sometimes are much more efficient than the first one. Today, I would bet if you get it right in the first run, your results are not as good if you fail two or three times. And as I tend to say to my employees, there's a failure, please blame me. If it's a success, it's yours. Rainer, on that note, that's very insightful. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hydrogen Struggles Leadership Podcast. To make sure you don't miss more future shaping ideas and conversations, please subscribe to our channel on the podcast app. 
And if you're listening via LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube, why not share this with your connections? Until next time. <laughs>